Good morning. I'm Mia Smith. I am so grateful for the opportunity to speak today, but I would like to say first hello to my father and my grandmother who are in Memphis right now and they're watching online. I love you both, and Noni, I hope you get well soon. Like most of our youth group members here, I have been incredibly fortunate in my life to have never suffered from hunger or food insecurity. However, my family tree has not always been this fortunate. My grandfather, Paul Smith, grew up in Sweet Lips, Tennessee, on a farm with his parents and two younger sisters in the 1940s. Not to go too far off topic, but there really is a place called Sweet Lips with a population of around 40. <laughs> My papa's family understood hunger in the worst possible way. Not only was he growing up in a very poor area during the height of the Great Depression, his father had issues with alcohol and gambling that affected their ability to continually access food. Growing up, he and his siblings came to really appreciate going to school where they could have showers and lunches at times in their lives. But working hard as he moved away from Sweet Lips, the family that my papa created never had to face hunger again. He worked hard at every job he had and taught those values to those around him. However, Sweet Lips never left him. My papa was always known to enjoy the taste of butter. Growing up, butter was the only constant source of food they had as they churned it themselves. Thus, for most of his meals, there was a larger amount of butter than bread. He always said, "Hun, I hope you never know why I love butter so much and have to live like we did. But that's all it takes, right? Hard work. If you pick yourselves up by your bootstraps, you won't be hungry anymore, right? But that's not the message in today's Bible reading, not even close. In the story of the fish and loaves, the disciples urge Jesus to send the crowds home. They basically say, let them go and find food for themselves. Yet instead, Jesus says no. We need to handle this now. Take the fish and loaves and feed the 5,000. And not only does he feed them all enough, Jesus feeds them in surplus. When it comes to basic needs such as food, I believe that God believes in food equity, not equality. Food equity means that everyone gets the amount of food they need to feel content instead of everyone getting equal shares. Once more, during the meal of the fish and loaves, Jesus creates enough food to feed everyone as much as they desired. After feeding 5,000, there were still 12 baskets of food left to take home. Through this passage, we get a look into God's view on how we should approach others. We should not leave our neighbors to fend for themselves when they are hungry, to pick themselves up by their bootstraps. We should feed them and feed them in surplus, just as Jesus did with the 5,000. Going back to my grandfather, when his family lost all of their stored hams for the winter to an unexpected late heat wave, they were facing a long season of hunger. Yet their neighbors fed them and fed them in surplus. They were even given a Christmas ham by a family in a farm nearby. 
My grandfather's family didn't have to experience hunger that winter because of the kindness of their neighbors. The main example of hunger I'm using today is my grandfather's childhood, which is over 70 years ago. My example is dated. Yet hunger remains a very real and very prevalent issue in our state. Today, one in eight Georgians are hungry. More so, one in seven children are hungry. I understand that many of you here are volunteers and can imagine these numbers. After one volunteer session at a food bank, the scale in which hunger assistance is required can become overwhelmingly clear. Hunger is a challenge that is going to take hard work to fix, but God is pushing us to fix it. God wants us all to be that neighbor for the hungry around us, to feed the hungry in surplus when they need it, not just to give them what will quench their hunger, but to give them enough to be full and content. God wants us to give a Christmas ham to the hungry neighbor in the next one over. He wants us to help the families that depend on in-town collaborative ministries in the Atlanta Food Bank to feed their families. He wants us to help the growing homeless population in Atlanta that face hunger daily, including the men at Clifton Sanctuaries. He wants us to help the children who are going to bed hungry tonight. The Google Dictionary defines the word miracle as a surprising and welcome event that is not explainable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore to be considered a work of a divine agency. You and I may not be divine but it is still possible to create a surprising and welcome event in someone's life. Obviously, Jesus provided a miracle to feed the 5,000 hungry people in abundance. I know my grandfather's family felt a miracle of answered prayers occurred many years ago when the neighbors provided the food for them during a long winter. Maybe we should follow the example of the fish and loaves. When we see those around us in need, we shouldn't turn away and let them fend for themselves. We should strive for abundance in our generosity, helping those around us to be full and content. I believe that taking steps to help those around us, to feed the hungry, can feel like a miracle to those who are in need of one.